Hello and welcome to another episode of The Curriculum, a podcast from Cornerstones Education. This is where we share news, tips and information for primary school leaders and teachers, all in the time it takes to squeeze in a coffee break or short commute. I'm Ian Broom and I'm joined by Amy McCaw, Curriculum Consultant here at Cornerstones Education. And today we have two special guests. Adam Newman is Curriculum Lead and Key Stage 2 Leader at Farmerlow Primary School in Mansfield, Nottinghamshire. And Anthony Robinson is a Year 3 RQT at the same school. Hello, thanks for coming. Thank you for having us. <laughs> You're very welcome. Um, so we're going to be talking about curriculum design on this episode and specifically how you've gone about designing your curriculum at Farmerlow. Um, you do happen to use the Cornerstones curriculum, which is obviously marvellous, but um, hopefully some of the principles that we talk about can apply to any school. But it seems like a good place to start if we find out a bit more about the school, kind of the, the background and the, and the context. Uh, okay, so Farmalo, at the minute it's a school um, which is expanding. We've been a one-form intake school for uh, a number of years. Uh, there's been a bit of change in the area, uh, new housing estates being built. Uh, so the school is, is at the minute becoming uh, two-form intake in Key Stage 1. Um, we're on the outskirts of Mansfield. We were a SEAL flagship school under the old strategy, um, and it's a school which sort of still embraces a lot of those principles of, of SEAL. Uh, we had a we had a second good Ofsted inspection uh, earlier this year, and it's a school where I think the Ofsted report described it as a family school, um, which we which we really feel sums up what the school is. I think a lot of a lot of different stakeholders um, said that word, that family word. Um, and I think that probably accurately, accurately reflects what we think of the school. It's a good place to be and it's, it's, it's going places. Yeah, we're a, we're a pillar in the community, um, is what people see at Farmer to be. Fantastic. And um, we're going to talk about the, the curriculum. So what were your particular aims when it came to designing your curriculum? What is it that you, do you feel like you've done anything particularly special or different? Or, or what were your kind of objectives when you set out? Um, my my um, leadership of the curriculum. Uh, I've <laughs> I worked at Farmerlow for a long time, um, and then moved uh, to a different school and returned um, a couple of years ago in the role of curriculum uh, leader. Um, at which point, the school had um, been using the Cornerstones package for, I think possibly 12 or 18 months at the point that I returned um, the school that adopted the Cornerstones package at the same time that the national curriculum had changed. So where the school was when I returned was really um, still establishing the most effective design uh, to really make the most of the Cornerstones curriculum and other elements of the curriculum. Um, and certainly the first the first six months, um, which took us to an end of an academic year that I was there, it was about reflecting on what was working well um, you know, and, and where things could be tweaked. Um, I've always been um, a big advocate of approaches like Mansfield the Expert. Uh, I've had the privilege of hearing um, people like uh, Tim Taylor, Jonathan Lear, Hal Roberts speak about their curriculum design uh, and their approaches to it and really trying to, to keep it relevant uh, to time with the real world, to maximise what's going on in the world. Um, so at the end of, of what would have been that six-month period and the end of an academic year, uh, I had a bit of a conversation with teachers where we evaluated what we were doing, looked at our locality, uh, looked at what was going on in the world, when things were taking place, um, looked at things that were going on around the school, things that were coming up for the school, um, and again, things that were changing in our local area and how we could really start to pull those things in and, and make the most of it rather than, uh, you know, rather than taking it 
as it was um, at, at the time, which was you know predominantly working on the ILPs from Cornerstones. So obviously it can sound like quite an overwhelming process to design a whole curriculum for a whole school. Um, what advice would you give to schools who are just starting out on that journey? Um, my advice from, from purely a classroom um, from, from classroom is keeping it fun, uh, keeping it relevant to, um, to real life. Um, what do the kids want to do? Because if, if children want to do something um, and you can entwine that within a curriculum, um, your success rate is going to is going to, in, in, in my opinion going to be much better. Um, so in terms of in terms of using cornerstones, I think that's that's something which throughout the school we've seen um, benefit throughout the year groups from foundation through to through to year six. Yeah, and I think with with you saying about um, sort of the the fun the engagement element of it, a lot of the the principles that sort of um, back up our curriculum design are making meaningful links. We have um, four sort of key aims to our curriculum design and um, we plan for learning not lessons so we try not to box things up as this is english this is science we try and keep everything thematic um we try and make it real and make it relevant so we'll look for where um if, effectively what's the point of knowing about the tudors or the romans where's the maths in that where are the real life skills that apply today because the the history really is more of a theme you know the the, the english the science the maths all of those skills can be taught through that theme. So our starting point really was looking at uh, the key skills, the core subjects, uh, and the things we really, really wanted to make sure the children had got securely, and how from that we could map the curriculum around it to make the most of that. Um, so it, it has very much been about looking for real-world links, figuring out where things tie in, um, but also thinking about when the optimum time to do things is. So things like year one, doing the solar system and looking at space in the winter when it's dark when they go home so that they can see elements of the solar system. Uh, you know, little, little things like that. Um, selecting some of the history we do around what's available to us. Um, we're very lucky that we, we have a good relationship with a local uh, history company called Partake History. Uh, they come in, they have quite a lot of involvement with the school um, in delivering sort of theme days and we we're very lucky that we can tap into them we have um you know the local stakeholders who are happy uh to engage with us and to support us so it was part of the curriculum design is obviously about making it meaningful um and being reasonably savvy with when to put things and where to tie things in and the other part of it was thinking about the curriculum very locally to our school what's right for us that might not be right for another school down the road. You know, how do we make it Farmillow's Cornerstones curriculum, if you like? Um, we wouldn't expect it to be the same as other schools, but equally we'd expect to be able to learn from other schools the same way we'd hope people would you know, learn and benefit from, um, from some of the things we do. Yeah, it's really interesting to describe it in that way because I think having visited Farmillow a couple of times, just from walking around, there's a real feel that everybody's on the same page in terms of curriculum design. And I think that your idea that children's experiences are at the core of everything that you do. Yeah. I think that really comes across from listening to you and from when you go into your school. Um, so what I'm wondering is, having put this into place and you've been running with this for a while now, um, what have been the main benefits of um, planning your curriculum in this way that you've encountered? One of the things that we do um, as part of, uh, if you like, the, the monitoring cycle that the school has uh, is we do pupil interviews. And one of the things that we found from doing pupil interviews is you really get that really accurate picture of, you know, what the children have enjoyed and what they've retained. And one of the main advantages we found is that um, I did a, 
uh, I did my last round of pupil interviews um, and found that all of the things you would expect the children to know, if you like, from a topic, for instance, uh, you know, the, the Stone Age, that learning was very secure and they could communicate that uh, and they could talk very openly and very expressively about the experiences they had. So they weren't just reeling off a load of uh, sort of, if you like, pub quiz facts. Um, they were talking about experiences um, and very active, engaging ways that they'd learnt those things. And from that, they were able to elicit that learning. So they were able to talk about the activities they'd done and then reflect on what they'd learnt about the Stone Age or the Greeks or the Vikings or, uh, I know, space, any, any one particular theme. The key learning you want them to take out of that, they could reflect on from the things they'd actually done. If you like, they almost weren't seeing the facts. They were talking about what they knew and what was, you know, what they were aware of from um, those it, experiences. Yeah, it, it was real to them. It was absolutely, they were in the moment for six weeks rather than being in a moment for one lesson yeah. in one week. So yeah. it, it was in a moment for six weeks. Um, and for me personally, it just facilitates a, a love for learning, um, which then I found is apparent outside of the classroom. So you'll have children coming back into the classroom from um, from a break or a weekend um, or even an evening um, so excited to, to tell you something extra they found out which then, from a curriculum point of view, aids you in planning further investigations into something which you may not have, you, you may not, we're not going to cover. Uh, but because they've shown such a, a desire and a want from something you've already covered, um, it just to, to have them alongside us to develop the curriculum further is just um, just so beneficial for us and for them. I think a real strength of the way you've designed your curriculum as well is having this big event um, to finish off each project. Yeah. And I was lucky to see your first whole school event where all of the children got to show what they'd learned in a very meaningful way. And I think what struck me was that you went in every single class and the children were so motivated and so engaged. And it really struck me how the quality of work was a really high standard as well. Um, so in terms of, I think, the children's learning, there's so many benefits of the way you've designed your curriculum. Um, do you think that there's been any impact on the way teachers have planned their lessons or on teachers' time in general, the way you've planned? The, the point that we're at now is the point that we've, we've come to over, I think this is the fourth academic year that the school has had the Cornerstones package. And the vast majority of the staff who are uh, working at the school now have gone through, you know, the majority of that time. So we've we've refined and honed it over a period of time. The the big outcomes um, is something um, new in in terms of a of a whole school thing. It's something that teachers have been encouraged to try and to identify where there can be a, a big outcome. So for instance, not only is the whole uh, topic thematic, but we've got this. We talk about it being immersive learning or effectively, if you like, project-based learning. So in this instance, it was a museum and the whole learning was building towards the children opening a museum. What we've been working on is thinking about how we can design the learning over a period of weeks, which then builds up to that, that main event. And something that's been integral to the process of that is thinking about um, you have a theme and you have a real world outcome. And it's, it's as much about, at the medium-term planning stage, identifying the process a real-world company or organisation might go through to get to that point and then mapping the curriculum around it. So as with the museum, what we did was we, um, we had a team of curators, which were children, they applied for it. We had a job application window. The children submitted applications for that role. Uh, they were interviewed, they were selected, they went and had some work experience at Mansfield Museum. 
the children took ownership of that and then identified a process that the museum went through from you know deciding they were going to be a museum through to that opening day and then we look at where the learning ties in with that uh, and part of my role uh, I personally feel is about encouraging staff to to plan the curriculum like that so that the children see that purpose and also that structure that their learning is going somewhere and I think if children realize that their learning is going somewhere and the purpose isn't simply to have it in a book um, but that there is this end product where it all goes I think that's an important life skill to realize that you know things everything links together everything goes somewhere and how incredibly motivating it was to know that everything they did was going to have a very very real audience um, and we saw last year, uh, year six, published their own book um, as part of their Victorian theme, learning, whereby um, the entire project was around this idea of if we're going to publish a, uh, a piece of historical fiction and non-fiction, what's the first thing we need to do? So we really broke that process down communicated that process with the children and the whole time they knew that we were building towards this publication um, so they were thinking as much about the illustrations and the book cover as they were about what learning they actually needed to acquire and not only the obvious things they might need in order to write a story but also what historical learning they needed and where that would all you know fit into place and the motivation that that achieved you know it's some of the most wonderful writing I've ever read and I, I put that down entirely to the motivation they had. They knew they were going to publish a book. And that's something that, you know, for the rest of their lives, they will always, if they go to the British Library in London ever, their book will be there. Uh, and that's something that's something they did. And as you said earlier, Anthony, we have, you have that instant buy-in from the children. We're in this together. We're going to do this. Let's aim for that goal. Yeah, it's also worth mentioning the, the professionalism that the children have got. And this is from from year one through to year six. It's something which... I think many people, including myself, wouldn't imagine a, a six-year-old is able to, to, to understand that we've got a museum, we've got very professional people coming into our environment rather than us going to see something externally. They're coming into our environment and we have to show them um, that we can be professional and we're, we're, we're curators and we're, we, we, we are working for a day within a real-life museum. We're not a school, we're a museum for the day. Um, and the professionalism of, of our children um, was absolutely outstanding. And going back to the linking it with, with, with the outcomes and in terms of their um, what they are producing in the classroom, it's, it's just hand in hand. And it's something which was seen throughout school and something which when the culture keeps building and building and, and the children know and expect that in every year group and in mainly every topic, there's going to be an outcome, whether it be a, big, big, a, a rather large one or a small one, they know that professionalism is something which we expect and something that's just going to drive them through um, to a... To, in my opinion, outstanding, um, outstanding focus and feature right at the end. And I, th- I think that's really important what you said about the fact that the children are motivated and engaged by this. And I think it sounds fantastic that they're drawing on all these different curriculum areas. Um, my last question, really, just to tie this all together, um, we've talked about how you'd maybe the advice that you'd give to schools who are embarking on this process. But what challenges have you encountered in that, particularly in terms of coverage? Um, is there any advice that you can give to make sure that when schools are going about designing their curriculum, that they have a really good range of coverage of all the different areas? Personally, a challenge for me is my own imagination. So um, if you can imagine it, then from what we've found is that children can do it. So um, if we can imagine that, uh, for example, something that, that, that 
my old year threes did last year was to create a predator park in the in the in the theme and the style of, of Jurassic Park. Um, and as I stood in front of him and, and I, I vocalized it to my said it, in my head I'm thinking, I'm, I've just said that in front of my children. Are they going to be able to 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 accommodate this? Um, and as the weeks went on, they did. So personally speaking, a challenge when adopting such an immersive and creative curriculum is your own imagination, because if you can imagine it as a teacher and, and stand in front of your of your class, of your children, um, and portray your your image and, and your vision, then it's it's it, it will happen with with the children. I think one of the um I think one of the other challenges in terms of curriculum design is that um I know Anthony earlier talked about coverage and covering everything. Uh, and as you did in your question, what we try and do is if you plan for learning, not lessons, you stop being concerned about trying to fit in an hour's art um, or an hour's whatever. If you, you know, obviously there are, there are core requirements of, of, of subject time allocation, but the opportunity to make those meaningful links means that if you can, there are things that can be, there is history that can be learned in English. It doesn't need to be that English is teaching this and this only. Um, and it is about being very creative at how you make those links. And really, I think one of the things that I've, when I've had the opportunity to speak to, to trainee teachers is to say to them that actually planning is crucial because if you can break down what effectively what you've got to teach um, and what you want to learn and where you want to get with it and start to pull those things together, um, you should get the coverage. It's about taking the time to go, where does that fit together? Where does that fit together? Maybe sometimes talking to other people as we do. Um, I know yeah. you've, you've just said about your imagination, but there's, there's nothing more imaginative, I don't think, than the room for the teachers. Because you've got people who've got totally different life experiences, people who've taught different year groups, who come at things in a different way. Um, and you know, as far as as far as I would be concerned, it's about how you can see things, how you can talk to each other. Someone will go, oh well, I don't know. Did you know that you know such and such believed in this, or that such and such approached this in a certain way? You unlock those links and start to think, well, that pulls through there. That would be a really good way to tie that in. A big part of I think good curriculum design is that you know open and professional dialogue. Fantastic. Well, thank you. We have to uh, leave it there. But that was, uh, I quite enjoyed just sitting back and listening. That was quite nice. That's great. Thank you very much. Um, You can find out more about Cornerstones, our curriculum and other products at cornerstoneseducation.co.uk. You can learn more about this podcast, including how to subscribe at cornerstoneseducation.co.uk slash podcast. And we want to hear your feedback and topic ideas too. You can get in touch by emailing podcasts at cornerstoneseducation.co.uk or on Twitter, where we are, Cornerstones EDU. Um, thank you again for coming in, and uh, good luck with everything at Farmalo. Thank you very thank much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.